Sarah Baker Hansen, the Omaha World Herald food critic. Welcome to the latest episode of the Omaha Dines podcast. And I'm Matthew Hansen, World Herald columnist and Sarah's longtime dining partner. A <laughs> long time. <laughs> so this week we thought it would be fun to talk about a story that I'm working on that is going to be coming out in the next week or so. Um, and the idea behind it is figuring out um, what are Omaha's essential restaurants. And so I've been putting some stuff out on social media for the past week or so kind of to prepare for it. Yeah. Um, but I did a tweet last week and I basically just asked people who follow me on Twitter, if you were to make a list of Omaha's kind of essential restaurants, what restaurants would be on it? And yeah. so far I've received literally hundreds of responses. It's a really interesting question to me because it's not what are Omaha's best restaurants. Right. It's sort of the idea of what are the places that you think define the city and the city's restaurant scene? Right. And, and talk about sort of where this idea is from. Yeah. So this idea is based off of Matthew and I, when we travel, we, when we're thinking about like, where do we want to eat? We, we spend a lot of time looking on eater.com. So I've, it's a website I've contributed to a few times. Um, well, you do the heat map for Omaha. The, for yeah, Eater. I think I've done four heat maps. Which is sort Omaha. of trendiest restaurants right now They have to in have Omaha. opened within the past calendar year. Yeah. And so they get updated every couple of years um, whenever there's, a, I think I have to always have at least like eight to ten restaurants um, and they have to be really new. And so they they also do a list called the Eater 38. And so the Eater 38 is kind of the opposite in some way of the heat map. The Eater 38 is kind of like, well this is how they define it. The Eater 38 is the answer to any question that begins, can you recommend a restaurant? Right. So it covers the entire city, it spans a bunch of different kinds of cuisines, many different budgets, and basically, you know, it can include anything. It's like any restaurant that you would recommend. Doesn't matter when it opened, the, how the places that define it a yeah. define a city. Right. And the 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 interesting thing about it, too, or the frustrating thing if you're in Omaha, mm -hmm. is that Omaha, according to Eater, is not quite big enough to have right. its own essential list. So like, this is for New York, never, L.A., yeah. Chicago But even, um, type you know, of some cities. other cities have it, too. Detroit has Minneapolis, one. Probably. Minneapolis has one. Atlanta. Um, and they've actually done, they've kind of broken it out of cities. And I printed this huge stack of paper off this morning, which is their first edition of the Midwest 38 essential killed restaurants. A, killed a tree there. Of course I did, yeah. Of of course, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, and Missouri aren't included on this. So this one includes. I wonder if they'll do a Great they, Plains. They say one. they're going to do another. Yeah, because we're not. Survey. You know, the Midwest versus Great Plains right. idea is a whole different. That's another essential. Really boring podcast. We can have that we're not <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. now. But anyway, um, so they include all kinds of restaurants on here, and this one's really big and long because it includes Chicago. Yeah. So Chicago has its own essential 38 that this is derived off of. So, you know, Alinea, Big Jones, um, some restaurants that you've definitely heard of, Fat Rice, where we've been yeah. a number of times. But, and then it also has like, a, like a hole-in-the-wall Mexican places. Right. So really, it can it can span from the fanciest of the fancy to the biggest. It's dive the places that ever. define the city. Right. It's sort of the the. It's not the hottest new place necessarily. It's it can the, be, but it yeah. doesn't have to be. Right. 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 Yeah. So this got me to thinking Omaha really should have one of these. Yeah. And people are always asking me 
uh, where should I go eat? What's your favorite for X? I want a steak. Where should I go? I want, you know, a different dining experience than that. I'm on a budget, whatever. And so I decided that it would be fun to do my own version or our own version of the Omaha 38. Right. And so the list isn't done yet. We're, I'm still working on it, but we yeah, we're not going through all 38 we're restaurants not doing 38 today. 38 right now, <laughs> and the 38 isn't available yet, but it will be online probably within the next week or so. But we thought it would be fun to devote the podcast to some of the most kind of mentioned places in those hundreds of responses that I've gotten so far. Yeah, it's more from the public. I mean, this is what's interesting about it to me. It's not necessarily Sarah and I saying here are our favorite eight restaurants or ten restaurants right. or whatever in Omaha. It's more like. Here is how Omaha sees itself right. as it as it uh, pertains to its restaurants. That's really scene. interesting because like a lot of the restaurants that started to come up over and over, definitely not my favorite right. restaurants. But they are restaurants that whether you like them or not, they kind of define what Omaha is about when it comes to food. Yeah. So let's start with the first one that I think probably got maybe the most mentions. Right. I bet people. If people you're from Omaha, you can guess what guess this restaurant what is. is. Uh, this isn't like a surprise or a big reveal, but M's Pub was on, I think, almost every single reply that I got that wasn't a joke <laughs> said M's or mentioned M's. And I think, you know, it has such a, I don't know, for some reason, and I've written about this before, um, M's has such a, it has such a, like a, like an admired place in the Omaha dining scene. And it's a place where you and I over the years have taken relatives, friends, people who've never been to Omaha before. If somebody's looking for a place that's just agreeable to everybody right. and also defines Omaha, M's is kind of the place you recommend and the place yeah. you tell them to go. It's almost the default option. Yeah. And that that's not to demean in any way. That's a, actually a compliment. Yeah. It's like the sort of place where we go or we send people mm -hmm. when it's just like, uh, I don't know where to go, go to M's. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 is, it is quintessential in that way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and of course, you know, if you if you know anything at all about the Omaha restaurant scene, you know that M's had a, a a fire destroyed by a fire a couple of years ago. They completely rebuilt it, and one of the questions that I get asked a lot now, especially by people who don't live in Omaha, is so is M's the same as it was before? And it is so incredibly the same as it was before. I think if you had been like in Antarctica or something and didn't know there had been a fire, you wouldn't know. Um, you'd think, oh, they had to move the bathrooms upstairs right. because of, you know, handicapped accessibility. And yeah. you wouldn't think anything of it. You just wouldn't know because they recreated it, like, to the letter. Uh, if anything, it is, I think, a little bit improved. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly more popular yeah. now than it was five years ago, which is insane because it was really popular, so popular. five years ago. It's yeah. hard to get into now. Yeah. That's actually become a little bit of an issue for us because we were yeah. so used to walking. You know, we live downtown, so we're so used to walking, mm -hmm. you know, on a just a random night. Uh, we just walk into M. Sometimes we walk into M's without even saying anything to each other. Yeah. We just show up there as if by magic. But a lot of times now it's full. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't you just can't snag just a bar seat like anymore, be right? To, because it's become so popular. So call and ahead if you're yeah, going to M's yeah, Pub. Yeah, make a reservation. And I think it's like one of the things that happened was when it was destroyed by the fire, you know, there was such an outpouring of people. And then it, all these other people realized like, oh, we never went there. And so now they want to go there and they've gone there and now they love it too. Right. So it's popularity, like you said, has even grown. So uh, second place, and this it maybe should have been the first place because this is, there's something so quintessentially Nebraskan about this. I think these places kind of go together. I disagree because okay. one is very Omaha and one is very Nebraska. Okay. The the Let's talk about the Nebraska one first. Okay. It, it is, I mean, 
inside Nebraska, maybe the most well-known menu item besides steak, and it's a Runza, and it's Runza restaurants. Obviously, you can get a Runza at or in its various names Mm -hmm. at different small-town cafes and stuff. I mean, Sennert's and and McCook being the the best example. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Runza, quintessentially Nebraskan and also quintessentially Omaha. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the Runza restaurant obviously is like the the easiest place to get a Runza Mm -hmm. because they're everywhere. Um, but I think, yeah, the Runza really kind of runs through the state in a way that I think is hard to deny. You know, even in my old cookbooks, I have collections of old, like, church cookbooks yeah. and from all over the state. And almost every one includes some variation on a recipe for a Runza, a Runza casserole, you know, somebody's Runza pie. You know, there's all right. kinds of history and and culture that's tied up in the Runza. And so if you're going to come to Nebraska, it kind of has to how, be over. How did you lay, I always, I, I don't want to mess up the wording. What, what did you call the Runza when you wrote about it a couple it's years ago? It's called a Biroc. No, no. What did you... Oh, what what, what was my phrase yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been like co-opted by a bunch of other yeah. things now? Um, our beloved meat pocket. <laughs> right. Which I think is accurate. Yeah. And it's also... I mean, a runza is a little bit weird. It's one of those things that to an outsider... I mean, I love a runza, but yeah. I'm also Nebraskan. Yeah. Right? So I can see how if you moved here, you'd be like... Wow, that's a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, the self-contained yeah. uh, bread, meat, and and by the way, I don't understand why people only like an original runza. I I, well, I will I eat that, that. I think I like the original runza. But oh, I, I just I don't understand. I think a lot you, of then. other people like. The, <laughs> well, that's maybe another podcast topic. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people really do like the cheese runza. And yeah. a lot of the recipes. Everything is better with cheese. Are, Cheeseburgers like cheese, better than a hamburger. I like a cheese runza too. I just I grew up. I always chose yeah. the original runza. I don't know why. Maybe they didn't have as many variations when I was a kid or whatever. That's just what I liked, and so, so I've kind of stuck with it. It's the one you get at the football game. Yeah. It's just kind of. And you you got to try a runza if you're coming to Nebraska for the first time. If you're coming to Omaha for right. the first time. If you haven't had a runza, try a runza. Yeah. You might like it. You might not. But you you I feel like yeah. you need the experience if you want to understand Nebraska. Cabbage food. is the really divisive ingredient. In fact, the other day I was standing in line. That's I so think it dumb was though. The, Cabbage is the divisive well, some ingredient. Some people really don't like cooked cabbage. <laughs> I mean, I don't cabbage. know. Yeah. It's just shredded. Like, oh man. I mean, I th- so, I mean, I guess that would mean. We, we didn't even, I just realized something. We don't have a Reuben on this list. We don't. Not on this list, but there will be. Because that's the most Omaha right. uh, menu item. If it's Runza is Nebraska, it's Reuben And it's tough because, uh, like, Reuben is sort of, that's not really, you know, it's more of a menu item. And yeah. there are tons of Reubens, like, around Omaha. Like, but, I see them all the yeah. time. So, really, I would have, I would recommend, like, a spot to get a Reuben would be on the Essential 38. Yeah. But, well, Crescent Moon, right? Yeah. Crescent Moon is my kind of perpetual favorite Reuben. Um, one the very first food probably ever did. Yeah. And I think it is one that holds up maybe the best of any food prowl winner. I think it's such a great Reuben. But yeah, I mean, if you want to... Reuben invented in Omaha, by the way, yeah, uh, d- yeah. in case you guys didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Reubens, I think, could be their own... By a man named Reuben. Yeah, well, sort no. of. That he had, he was the one he who, was the guy requested. who requested it, and Bernard Schimmel made it for him. Right. Yeah. It should have been the Bernard. Well, it wasn't. I think Bernard maybe was, you know, he was like, hey, Reuben, here's your Reuben. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're getting sidetracked. No, I think we're I right on like track. Runzas are similarly divisive in the same way that the next place that we have on our list that was mentioned a ton of times 
is. I don't think wrenches are divisive. Oh, I think they totally are. Really? Like if Michael Severe were in here right now, he would well, be like, wait, like railing on us for mentioning wrenches because he like detests them. So. That's that's some talk radio BS right there. <laughs> the, the, we don't have we don't play that on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the the. Uh, yeah, but the next one is divisive, and it's and it's La Casa, yeah. which is, I think that's really interesting. La Casa, a pizza place, old school pizza place, uh, uh, originally on it's on Leavenworth yeah. in Omaha, East Omaha. They have a new location in West Omaha as they well. Already, that's our third location. Third, third location, mm-hmm. sorry. And, and the, um, I'm always been a little confused by the controversy. To be honest, first of all, uh, when I moved to Omaha. Uh, I drove by La Casa, and uh, I, for some unknown period of time, I just assumed it was a Mexican restaurant <laughs> because <laughs> the it's La Casa, which yeah. could be either yeah, uh, language, true. and it also it you know the 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 strumming guitar player's mm-hmm. uh, ethnic heritage is a little bit unclear. Yeah, well, I think he's supposed to be Italian. <laughs> well, I I realize that now, but I I, I assumed right. Mexican he is restaurant. Wearing a large hat, so I guess you could have been confused by that. But anyway, yeah, La Casa is very divisive. And I was talking to somebody why, about... Why is it divisive? I think one of the reasons it's divisive is because of the Romano cheese, which is incredibly fragrant, and some people find that very bothersome. And I think a lot of people don't like the crust. Well, do, so describe like, describe this pizza as compared to sort of your okay, standard... Well, first of all, it's a rectangle. Yeah. And it has a thin, pretty thin crust with an edge that I've always kind of thinks is think is best described as kind of flaky. It's yeah. got like a biscuity, yeah, yeah, yeah. flaky, croissant-like texture. Um, and then the you know the toppings are another thing that people get all riled about like the hamburger pizza is sort of a it's kind of another quintessential nebraska thing right i guess hamburger has to be one of the ingredients i don't know should but, be <laughs> and when you get a, pe- a hamburger pizza at Wakasa, it's just got this like finely ground kind of just like every inch of the right. pizza right up to the edge of the crust is covered with ground beef didn't uh didn't was it Alexander Payne on the Food Prowl that called it. No, that was my. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was I was I was handing. But Alexander Payne handing does him love your, it. He loves your the pizza. words. So you called the Runza a beloved meat pocket, and you called La Casa meat carpet. Yeah, it's a meat carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. I don't think they probably appreciate that description very much. I mean, it's a beloved meat carpet. It is. Yeah. I yeah. I, I like it. I mean, yeah. it, as an outsider like to Omaha, it was one of those things that I mean, I don't totally. It's not my favorite pizza or anything, mm-hmm. but I understand why it's good. I mean, it's just like, it's just not your standard pizza, though. No, it's not. And you can get it with more kind of traditional toppings. You don't have to get the the ground beef if you don't like that. You can get any combination of pizza um, toppings on their crust. But I think their crust is different than any other pizza you'd get anywhere in the city. Yeah, yeah. And so that, I mean, but again, that is what makes it stand out. It's different. But I like other stuff at La Casa, too. Like, I think their fried ravioli is really good. Omaha native alert. I mean, sorry. Okay. (laughs) That's why we're doing this. (laughs) So uh, let's take a break. Okay. And we'll come back with a couple more uh, Omaha essentials. Okay. All right, we're back. Uh, So I wanted to mention my newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday. Um, You can subscribe to it for free on omahadines.com. And this week I am excited to give a little, um, I guess, peek into the new Berry and Rye. Which we checked oh, yeah. over, over out over the weekend, and um, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna write something about that. So um, you can sign up. It comes into your inbox every Tuesday around two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it also gives you a preview.
preview into uh, what the next week's dining review is going to be, and I'm going to give you that preview right now. Awesome. Uh, which is a review of the shiny new Modern Love. Right. And I'm very excited about it. I am too. And Modern Love it is an obvious thing that's going to be on the on your Omaha right. essential list. Yeah. It's, no I mean, the only restaurant that ever opened its first location in Omaha and its second location in Brooklyn. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be on the, the essentials list, which we have a few more restaurants that we want to run through that we think are ones that really will just have earned a place on this list and that a lot of other people think have, too. Yeah. So, so let's dive back one. in here. Yeah. You want to go or you want me to? I, I just get okay. excited yeah, whenever yeah. I see this name. <laughs> right. So the next one's a really, it was on almost every list, too, that people sent in uh, Block 16. Yeah. Uh, Block 16 holds a special place in my heart. Uh, we've been going there since it was actually called New York Chicken and Euro. Yeah. When I moved to Omaha, one of my first lunches, I, was, I didn't know hardly anybody. It was one of my first days at the World Herald. Mm -hmm. I left the World Herald here, actually probably the old building across the street, and I just walked kind of aimlessly. I didn't know where anything was. Yeah. And I ended up at this place, New York Chicken and Euro. Um, uh, and I ate, and it was just awful. I mean, just <laughs> one of the most dreadful, right. depressing dining experiences that you can yeah. imagine. Um, and then, like, a year later or two years later, our friend Johnny um, came back to the World Herald and said, New York Chicken and Euro is good now. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was insane. Yeah. And but we ended up going back, and Paul right. and Jess Urban had bought this place yeah, that was previously dreadful. They hadn't changed the name or done anything. And they had made it an amazing restaurant. Right. They eventually changed the name to Block 16, and the rest is right. history. Alton Brown, tons of national yeah. recognition. We don't I mean, to, we don't have to describe it. <laughs> I mean, it's just so it's it's become such a part of the Omaha culinary landscape, like what Block 16 does. Mm -hmm. I feel like people. You know, people, there's a line out the door almost every single yeah. day. You know, they come up with these incredible daily specials. And I honestly do not know how they do it. How on a day-to-day -day basis, every single day, you come up with some of the most creative, you know, over-the-top, you know, culinary but also street casual food and yeah. charge like $8 for it <laughs> day in and day out. Yeah. And that kind of creativity, um, they just never seem to run out of it. The the cool thing to me about Block 16 has always been the high-low idea of mm -hmm. it. It's this these people with fine dining experience who can cook. You know, I mean, they could cook at the highest end place yeah. in, in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're they're taking that knowledge and they're doing stuff that's a lot more casual and a lot more approachable yeah. in some way. And, and also, by the way, one of the best burgers yeah. uh, in the city, if For not sure. the state, if not yeah. the country, if yeah. not the world. Yeah. So. Well, Alton Brown said their Croque Garçon burger was his single favorite burger that he tried that year. That right. He tried it. So, I mean, that kind of those kind of accolades, like that's just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Black 16. Definitely. For sure. Okay, so next on the list we wanted to kind of touch, this isn't really like one restaurant, but this is kind of two restaurants that came up at the same time. Well, they're kind of married in an interesting way. Right, and they really sort of changed the conversation when it came to Omaha dining. So the Grey Plume, the Boiler Room. Right. And, you know, they are, a, I always kind of think of them together in some way, even though they are drastically different restaurants. They, well, they, they opened near at the same time. Yeah. And it, to me, they were kind of this, this, um, it, they're this 
dividing line between Omaha restaurant past Mm -hmm. and Omaha restaurant present. Yeah. I was thinking about it and think about how many other restaurants have come from either one of those places and, and from, uh, Paul Kulik, the, the right. original chef at Boiler Room, or Clayton Chapman, yeah. uh, the Think chef at Grey Plume. How many chefs have come out of those? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bella Rose, O Courant, Ika Ramen. I mean, in Label Yan, obviously. I mean, there and there's definitely more. Yeah. I mean, it is just such. They've been incubators of talent as well as teaching Omaha and Omahans like us. I think a different way to eat really got us into the kind of modern era of of restaurants in some way in some way i think they redefined you know what people thought about when they thought about let's go out for our anniversary or let's go out for you know my birthday or you know those kind of special occasion restaurants and certainly some of those other older school or more classic restaurants will also be on this list and the omaha steakhouse culture will be there but these restaurants really kind of elevated and changed things in a way that hadn't happened in Omaha before. Yeah. Local ingredients, cooking seasonally, you know, creating dishes with proteins and presented in a way that people just hadn't seen before. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I think there have been so many more restaurants that are that come, even just the three we mentioned a few minutes ago that yeah. have come from that tradition and kind of continued to redefine it in different ways. It, it's um, fascinating too to watch them go from like the newest, hottest restaurants and Clayton and Paul being the the youngest, hottest chefs right. in the city to members of the establishment. I mean, yeah. really, and and they might be the two best chefs in Omaha. I mean, they're certainly in that mm-hmm. conversation. But, you know, watching these places go from the new hit place to just, uh, you know, cemented right. in, in Omaha's dining yeah. scene. And it's cool, too, because, you know, Paul, of course, took over the former French Cafe, has morphed it into Le Bouillon and the Howard Street. We just ate there on ate Friday there. night. And it was completely full, and people were really enjoying that space in a new way. And then, you know, in in the wake of his leaving the boiler room, now Tim Nicholson is at the boiler yeah. room getting James Beard, you know, semi-finalist nominations and keeping, you know, keeping that bar up to the same level where it has and continuing to evolve that. Yeah. And so I think those kind of have to be on there. Totally. Uh, ooh, the next place is very different from the gray <laughs> plume in the boiler room. Yeah. It's Time Out Chicken. Yeah. The, uh, my favorite... Um, uh, North Omaha restaurant and the place that I believe won the fried chicken food. Prowl. It did. It handily won. And and to t- tell tell the uh, listeners why. So we ate I don't know tons of fried chicken. I'd have to go back and look at. I think we went to at least eight to ten places on that food prowl. And timeout won because well number one it just had like the juiciest most flavorful fried chicken. Yeah. And we found out the reason why when we made the video later was because that they have cayenne pepper in their in their batter they're you know when they're making the chicken they're like seasoning it in a way that like nobody else was and so you get that chicken and you're just blown away by the flavor and the seasoning i'm getting real hungry subtle spiciness of that <laughs> can Fried we go to timeout chicken great. for lunch what time is it <laughs> i don't know it is almost lunchtime. so yeah i mean i think it's kind of it leads nicely into the next couple places that we're going to talk about um which i think it goes without saying, this isn't one specific restaurant, but South 24th Street is yeah. a place that, you know, if somebody's coming to Omaha and they want to have a singular experience that isn't 
boiler room or gray plume or like steakhouse or, steakhouse, or whatever south 24th street they just have to go over it's there. as it's as much a part of the omaha dining scene as those other yeah. types of restaurants are i mean some of these restaurants by the way have been around there for a long for decades yeah. at this point i mean mm -hmm. the, these are not upstart restaurants no. um and, and they're just Walking on South 24th Street on a Friday or Saturday night in the summer is one of the most enjoyable things that I think yeah. that you can do as an Omaha or as a visitor to mm -hmm. Omaha. The street is just alive yeah. in, a, in a way that um, a lot of our streets aren't. I know, um, kind of just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, it, I just love going there. Yeah. And it's fun be, too because the restaurant culture is so strong there. You can just kind of walk, be walking down the street and decide on a lark to go into one of these yeah. restaurants and you're going to get good food. Right. And I think what's interesting too is, you know, we have kind of our favorites that we've found over the years um, that we can mention. But the other thing that's cool about that area is that, it, like you said, it is alive. And you can kind of, just walk into a place and end up having a dining experience that you didn't maybe didn't even know you could have in Omaha. Right. And I love that kind of, you know, ever-changing, kind of always new and interesting food landscape over there. Yeah. The uh, And our favorite three, I yeah. would say, mm -hmm. are El Dorado, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a lot of seafood. It's mostly focused on fish and seafood. And uh, an amazing uh, mural involving uh, <laughs> a half-naked woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not that that's a draw or anything. That was it's on weird. The, menu. <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, La Chosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. T talk about La Chosa. So they won the taco food prowl. Yeah. They remain one of my favorite taco spots anywhere in the city. Real hole in the wall. Yeah. So it's actually not on 24th. It's on 25th. So you have to kind of go around. Is it like 25th and Q? I think it's Q. Yeah. yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's right. Um, and so they have this, um, uh, pork taco and they cook the pork on a spit i'll try to make this quick with a pineapple on top oh, yeah, so yeah. the juice kind of runs down into the meat and then they serve it in like a little corn tortilla with the meat and then cilantro and fresh pineapple on the top yeah. of it. and it's just it, i mean i would like to go eat that right now too it's really good and taqueria tijuana which yes. i think more people probably know about yeah taqueria tijuana has a like kind of a bigger reputation and it's kind of fun it's funny because when we did that food prowl Taqueria Tijuana had actually been damaged in a fire. Oh, yeah, so it, was it was closed. Closed. So we ended up discovering La Chosa because we didn't go to Taqueria Tijuana. Right. So it's not really a diss against Taqueria Tijuana that it didn't win. I think it would have had a definite contender spot if it had been open, but it just wasn't open it at seemed that like time. The, those are the two best places in our view to go get a taco on South 24th Street. Right, yeah. There's also an amazing Thai place on South 24th, <laughs> Laos Thai. South 24th is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I, needs to go there. It, yeah. It's funny when we've written about it and we've both written about it, there, there's a, a part of the Omaha population that either doesn't realize or refuses to realize how cool of an area yeah. this is. And it just, I always am going to bang the drum for South 24th. Mm -hmm. It's an area with a ton of interesting history and heritage, all these different immigrant groups that have changed it. It's mm -hmm. constantly evolving. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's kind of the most Omaha place mm -hmm. in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah, plus the food over there is just, you can't beat it. We should go there tonight for sure. <laughs> okay, so the next place is a really good example of a place that has become known for things other than the food. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, and I have a confession to make. I have never been to the Alpine Inn. It's the only place on this list that, uh, and I'm sure on your entire essential list, yeah. that, that I have not 
um, gone. So, so t- tell the people what's up with the Alpine Inn. <laughs> So the Alpine Inn is sort of like a just a kind of a burger joint. Um, they also have fried chicken. I know this for sure. Uh, and it's been become known for its location, which it's kind of in the North Hills of Omaha, and it's kind of surrounded by woods, and there are raccoons that live outside of the restaurant, and they eat the scraps from the restaurant. I'm, you can't make this up. No, you can't. The, I mean, that's like the, it's become like the tourist attraction, yes. right? Uh-huh. Or fact, the attraction was, for diners. It was written most recently, a story in the New York Times. Well, I remember that we, well, we recently, uh, David Farenhold, the uh, famous Washington Post yeah. reporter, was in town to talk. We ended up eating with him at Block 16. Yeah. Of course, that's where we took him and with some other people. And we told him, we ended up talking to him about Alpine Inn for yeah. like 20 minutes. I know. And he was fascinated. He was, fasc- he he was w- fascinated and I was slightly mortified <laughs> because I was like, I'm, sw- you know, we're, why are, how did we get here? Like there were so many other places I would have liked to mention, but that place has a lot of people really hold it dear and love it and love talking I about it. I need to go there because, I mean, just your description of it especially, and I don't think that you're probably a huge fan of the place, just <laughs> guessing, but the, um, you know, the idea of sitting in a restaurant and, like, eating your fried chicken and then looking outside and there's just a, there's just a wild raccoon also eating some mm-hmm. fried chicken is... Um, that doesn't seem like the best dining experience, <laughs> but it is it is insane how many people know about it and yeah. like it. I mean, it has a kitsch value, obviously, mm-hmm. that is second to none in right. Omaha. It kind of fits in, I think, in the um, in the pantheon of like the Surfside. Right. Like those two places kind of coexist in my mind. And so and Omaha places. Other places like that too. And the Surfside is a perfect example. You know, not great food or anything, but man, if you want to take somebody out in Omaha who hasn't been here, and the, I guarantee you that they're probably going to have a good time. Yeah. The Surfside is a perfect example right. of that. It's not yeah. about the food. It's right. just about the experience. Right. Yeah. Um, we wanted to mention a couple of breakfast places. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because there's a real uh, strong breakfast restaurant scene in Omaha. And so we have two on our list, which are in different areas of town, but Shirley's Diner um, is in Millard and just one of the best breakfasts you can find anywhere in the city. The perfect greasy spoon, in in my opinion. It's like a West Ole mom and pop place too. Yeah, Like it's kind of like has that little bit of a, I don't know if cheers is the right thing, but it, it does feel like there are a lot of regulars there. Oh, for sure. And the staff knows them and the owners know a lot of the customers and it's just, it has it sticks out in my mind for being the most one of the most friendly right. restaurants. And even if you're not a regular, you're gonna get like the best kind of diner type service. Yeah. You know, your coffee cups like there's no way it's ever gonna be empty type of place. It's the like a the sort of cafe diner greasy spoon that you just want to like give a hug to. Right. I mean, it's just so. Um, fun to go there. I mean, the only sad thing for us is right. it's so far away but from then our on house. On top of that, the food is actually. <laughs> but it's close to a lot of people who yeah, are listening to like us. Like the chicken fried steaks, hand breaded. Right. You know. Yeah, they actually, don't kid they, around. You know, they do everything right. They're not using like junky food. It's right. like seriously homemade good breakfast stuff. And uh, very close second yeah. to Shirley's uh, and also an obvious Omaha Central is Harold's Coffee Cup, which is in Florence. Yeah. And. Um, of the, it it feels like a place that you just need to 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 check out. Yeah. Like you go there, the design of it, the feel of it's the space just a is throwback for yeah. sure. 
I mean, and it, it feels like a 1950s to me, I guess, maybe mid-century diner. You know, mm-hmm. it's got like a U-shaped counter in the middle with low stools, like swivel stools and, you know, pastel color scheme. And they do also have really good homemade donuts. Yeah, I was going to say get the donut yeah. when you when you go there. I like the food at Truly's better, but Harold's is just a place you got to yeah. check out. Yeah, it's just fun to see it and to see that, you know, the community around it, particularly in Florence, still really supports it. Yeah. And keeps it open. So the uh, obviously there's many other essential yeah, restaurants we, we didn't hit. Yeah, we haven't even hit one third yeah. of what's going to be on this list. Yeah, another so. obvious West Omaha one is Dante. Right. Uh, you know, another place that was like the new kid on the block when mm-hmm. we Mm-hmm. When I kind of moved here, that's become an establishment, right. uh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. restaurant in, and some in of West Omaha for sure. We mentioned like Au Courant. Right. I think, you know, a lot of people mentioned that. A lot of people mentioned. Yoshi. We didn't even say anything about Dario's. Yeah, Dario's was yeah. one. People said Mark's. People said Yoshitomo has really come on a lot of people's radar. Um, so yeah, they're just such a wide array. Another one that tons of people mentioned was Don and Millie's. Like, people oh, have man. an affinity for that cheese Frenchie. <laughs> so it's just really interesting like you know you tons of people did say the boiler room the gray plume yeah. the other people were like if you're looking at an essential don and millie's right. you know like dollar marks and that sort of thing but you know it's interesting to think about what is what does that mean what right. is an essential i think i think the interesting part the exercise to me is that it takes it out of the realm of kind of criticism or yeah. of of kind of even objective yeah, thought and it right. takes it right to the heart. Yeah, I mean, that's what's really right. interesting about it. And that's what's it. always, I think, been so cool about these lists is that they aren't like a critical review. Like, I'm not going to be saying this is number one on the Eater Essentials list. Right. There is no order. It's just 38 restaurants that are the quintessential Omaha restaurants. And whether you love them all or hate some of them, that's not really the point. They are what defines Omaha as yeah. a dining city. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, the list is going to be coming out soon. Um, if you have some thoughts uh, and want to tweet me your personal essentials, uh, you can find me on Twitter at S-B-H-O-W-H. And uh, I I look forward to reading this list. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also, I'm just serious. I'm really hungry. You are? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we have to go eat lunch. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the listening. cafeteria. That's on, Is that going to be on the essential list? No comment. The World Herald Cafeteria. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.